the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Greetings, it's meeting time. Now, last week, there were some powerful life lessons learned as we reviewed the fifth step of recovery that we admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. First and foremost, we learned that true recovery and eternity in heaven are ours when we confess and repent from our sins, when we receive the one whom God sent to rescue us from the lake of fire, hell, and that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who sacrificed his life on the cross for your sins and my sins. John the Apostle quoted Jesus as Jesus proclaimed, I'm the way, truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's our faith in Jesus that makes us righteous with God. Now, we also learned that we're never too sinful for God to forgive us. Jesus died for our sins, past, present, and future. Did you hear that? Future sins. John also penned, if we claim we have no sins, we're fooling ourselves. As a child of God, our sins are forgiven. But we still have to deal with this sinful nature, and we'll have to deal with temptations and issues that refuse to leave us. And at times, we feel like a hypocrite when we keep confessing the same sins to God. I did. I would question my salvation when I would commit the same sins over and over again. I was full of hypocrisy, guilt, shame, and I was actually embarrassed, and I I know that some of you are feeling the same way as I did. But John also pens, if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us. And this teaching assures us that when we make the same mistakes over and over again, God wants us to come to him every time, repent, and receive his forgiveness. Look, we can resolve this concern by the teaching I ask you to reference in Hebrews four fourteen through 16. It's in this scripture that we learn that Jesus went to heaven as our intercessor. He's our high priest, and this sinless high priest of ours understands our struggles and our weakness. He faced all the same temptations that we do. And because of this high priest of ours, we can come boldly to the throne of God where we receive mercy and find grace to help us when we need it the most. We never have to fear confessing to God. Jesus is a friend to sinners, and God will never stop offering his grace and his mercy. Now, having shared that, I have to say this. Don't get this twisted. God's love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness, that's not a license to sin without consequences. Remember, God loves the sinner, but he hates sin. So what are we to do with these nagging sins, Satan's foreign intrusion of evil in our life? And the answer is the sixth 
step of recovery, that we're entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. Folks, when Jesus Christ is our Savior, we're a new person through the eyes of God. But it doesn't mean that our obsessions, compulsions, thoughts, and habits will just vanish. I can tell you from experience, it doesn't happen instantly. Think about it. How many times have you told yourself, I'll never do that again, only to keep doing the same things over and over again? Why is that? We have to remember that the embryo of addiction begins with sin, and then it evolves into a disease of the mind, body, and soul. And then Satan controls us with his false promises and lies. And eventually, our defects become a way of life. And in the beginning, they may have been useful to us. They become our old friend's survival skills to numb the pain in our lives. But in a short period of time, pain is all we know. When I was a young man, I suffered from a broken heart after a broken engagement. And for decades, I tried to numb this pain with alcohol, drugs, gambling, and promiscuity. I tried to fill the hole in my soul with these old friends. I tried to find love in all the wrong places. And unlike my broken engagement... Satan didn't want to break up with me. He kept polluting my mind with false promises and lies. And in my insane thinking, I believed the lies. I justified my behaviors, and I fell deeper into this abyss of addiction. Like the old song goes, breaking up is so very hard to do. Look, we can't break up with Satan on our own. And if you truly want to break up with Satan, if you want to get well, you must apply this sixth principle to your life. We have to remember defeating this demonic disease of addiction is above our pay grade. This battle for recovery and healing is spiritual warfare, and it's the Holy Spirit, the mighty warrior that defeats Satan and restores us to wholeness. Now listen to this. The key word in this step is willingness. This step is just asking if you're willing to let God break your sick, dysfunctional engagement with Satan. Are you willing to admit that you can't do this, but God can? Look, this is an inside job, and before we can experience this change in our life, we need to experience a change in our heart. This is the surgery of the spirit, the spiritual heart transplant that I often refer to. It's in this principle that we're willing and ready to allow God to work deep in the center of our being, chiseling out these defects. And that's what brings healing, wholeness, and serenity. Jesus promises, I will pray to the Father. He will give you a helper who will never leave you. Folks, it's the Holy Spirit that defeats Satan in this addiction. It's the Holy Spirit that raised me from the abyss of addiction and filled the whole of my soul with healing, serenity, and his everlasting life. And when you're ready, he'll do the same for you. And he promises that in the scripture I ask you to reference in Isaiah 55, 1 through 9. Let me read some key 
verses in this scripture. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink water. Take your choice of milk or wine. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that doesn't give you strength, that it does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love that I promised to David. Seek the Lord while you can. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong and let them turn to the Lord that he might have mercy on them. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and thoughts higher than yours. That's powerful. And here's what I learned from these readings. God inspired the prophet Isaiah to ask us if we're thirsty, which means, do you really need God? Do you have a conscious need for him? I pray you do. And drinking the water is being indwelled by the Holy Spirit, the shepherd of our soul, our comforter, our counselor. And when we're willing, this Holy Spirit is able. The wine represents joy. True joy is living in the presence of God. Chronicles teaches splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling place. And the milk, the milk is the Word of God. Studying the Word of God taught me how to live in this world, but not of it. Paul teaches in Corinthians that Satan is the prince of this world, and he spreads division, unbelief, and darkness. But John teaches that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus proclaims, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. You will have the light that leads to life. And Jesus offers salvation, unity, and love. And these blessings are a free gift that restores us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I also learned that throughout history, mankind has tried to find love in all the wrong places. And the Lord is asking us, how and why would we go there when he's the only way to true healing, wholeness, and love? When we come to the Lord, he assures us of receiving the same mercy and blessings promised to David in this everlasting covenant. Folks, we need to seek the Lord before it's too late. God's plan of salvation through Christ proves that his ways and thoughts are higher than ours. We need to be willing to turn from our evil ways and our evil thoughts. I did, and I meet with you today with over 27 years of recovery and healing, and I'm still a work in progress. Each day I'm willing to turn my mess over to God. I'm not perfect, but I'm not the person I used to be. I'm a new person in Christ. And I finally found love in all the right places. Amen? Let me ask you. If you're being fed poisonous scraps to fill that hunger in your soul under Satan's enslavement, isn't it time for you to be ready and willing to partake in God's love feast 
and be led to the promised land of recovery and healing. Amen. Next week, we're going to continue this introduction of step six, and I want you to reference John 5, verses 1 through 9, and we're going to discover true healing and hope. Amen.